0: 2 Corinthians 9. Wow. Thank you, Father. Begin from verse 5. 2 Corinthians 9, begin from verse 5. It says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. Which you have previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. I can just stop right there. And this morning I'm going to be speaking to us on generosity. Generosity. Say generosity. generosity. I hope when, since I mentioned the su- subject title, the presence of God you felt a minute ago is not out of the door now. <laughs> you still love God? You still excited about God? Are you still a stakeholder? Are you still a son of consolation? Yes. Are you still a pillar? Yes. Amen. Generosity. When you look at everything Pastor B said to us in three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, of all the testimonies, of all the scriptures he read, that word, generosity, is a recurring theme throughout everything he said to us. Now, the dictionary definition of generosity is giving money freely and sharing other valuables giving money freely and sharing other valuables every time you see generosity displayed you're going to see the exposure exposure of greed and selfishness because whereas someone is being generous You're going to have somebody else that's looking at that and say, wow, I wish we could do this or do that with what they're doing. So generosity always exposes greed and selfishness. And we're going to see this in a moment as we move on in this subject. Generosity is both intentional and at the same time, it can be spontaneous. And I believe this morning, because the God that we serve, is a over-the-top-and-above-generous God. Do you agree with that? God is over-the-top-and-above, extremely generous. In fact, there's a scripture in Psalms 51, uh, in verse 12, David was speaking. Let's just go there, Psalm 51, verse 12. Hallelujah. Psalm 51, verse 12. Restore to be the joy of my salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. So right there in the scripture, we see that God is extremely generous. And so this morning, very quickly, I don't want to take a whole lot of your time. I just want to say a few things about generosity. Number one, that generosity is of the heart. It's of the heart. And on that, I can give you four things. Four things. Number one, generosity is of the heart. And on that, I'm going to give you four things. The first word I want to say to you about generosity being of the heart is the issue of honor. 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 In other words, will I honor God and place him first in my life? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Say, honor the Lord. With all of your possessions and with the first fruit of your substance. So, if if I am generous in the heart, the first thing that's going to strike me is the place and the honor that I need to have or place God in. In other words, what value do I place on my relationship with God? What value? Do you have a place on my relationship with God? It's easy to talk the talk. Uh-huh. And to just have a conversation. Talk about how much we love God. And how much God is this and that and that and that and that and that. But you know where the rubber meets the road? Our pocketbooks. I can look at my checkbook, your checkbook, and immediately tell you who you honor. Whether it's Macy's, American Express, MasterCard, or if it's God. Because your checkbook tells the tale all the time. So God wants us to know what kind what of honor. Where do you place Him? Secondly, in generality of the heart is the issue of faith. Oh no, 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 no! Don't let me rush away from there first. You know, Eli comes to mind in First Samuel chapter two, in verse twenty-nine and thirty. Let's go there because God addressed that very, very clearly. First Samuel chapter two. Our stakeholders stay here, or you left the room already. <laughs> Stakeholders, Amen. First Samuel chapter two, verse twenty-nine. Ah, I'm delivered. Okay, so I can sit now on the board. Okay, praise God. Pastor B, just so you know, if you're listening, the thing is working now. <laughs> I'll tell you the story later in the message. Praise God. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which are have commanded in my dwelling place. And honor your sons more than me. Did you, are you guys hearing that? Yes. God is challenging his priest. Why are you honoring your sons more than me? To make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Verse 30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says... Far be it from me. Now, this is the key. This is where you and I should be concerned about. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So, as you and I purpose and do honor God, you have a promise from God that he will honor you back. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. Now, the the next issue I want to talk about here is the issue of faith. Faith. Faith as regards to generosity of of the heart. In other words, faith is dealing with the question, do I trust God to provide for me? Do I really trust God to provide for me? Do I trust him, that is God, to live up to who he is as Jehovah Jireh? Do I really believe that? Is it just a cliche? Do I just hear these things and say, oh, God is a provider? Do I really put myself in a position to experience what God can do? Abraham in Genesis 22 verse 2, the Bible said he gave freely his only son. His only son. He was willing to place him on the altar. Why? Because he trusted that God was able to bring him back to life. And for you and I, every time we participate with God in giving or any other thing God wants us to do, you need to understand that the seed you released is not gone forever. You're going to see that seed again. That seed is gone on an errand to be multiplied and then return back to you. You have to see the way Abraham saw it. And then, of course, we have also in Genesis chapter 4, Genesis Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. Abel, we are told, he offered his firstborn animal. Again, the same principle. Trusting God that if I gave this one to God, God is able to multiply it and bring it back to me much more than I can ever imagine. So you have the issue of honor, you have the issue of faith, and number three, you have the issue of gratitude. Gratitude. All of this talks to us about the generosity that is of the heart. Abraham, in Genesis 14, verse 18, gave tithe to Melchizedek, not because Melchizedek demanded it, Neither did he give it because he wanted something from Melchizedek. But this man had just gone to a battle that he could have potentially been slaughtered in. He came from a battle victorious and out of a heart of gratitude for what God had done. He moved and offered a tithe of all to Melchizedek. Amen. And then we see again in the life of Mary in John chapter 12. Mary, the uh, sister of Lazarus, the Bible talked about how she brought a very costly oil and anointed Jesus with it. And the people that were around were in indignation, wondering why in the world are you wasting such a costly thing on this man? But the reason she could do that was because her brother was given up for dead. And Jesus raised Lazarus up. So out of the gratitude of receiving that which was already lost and gone, she was moved in a heart of gratitude to be a blessing to Jesus, even though Jesus was not asking. Has God ever done anything good for you? Has God been good to your household? Has God been good to your family? Has it been good to your business, to your ministry, to your student? Whatever it is, has God ever been good to us? So, out of the heart of gratitude, not because we are compelled. To be compelled is not a good thing. But to voluntarily say, ah, God, look at me. Look where you brought me from. Look what you've established in my life. I can speak, I can walk, I can talk. I have life, I have potential, I have children that's living for God. And as a result of all these good things you've done for me that I could not have done for myself, I freely, willingly, generously, delightfully, with pleasure, bless you. That's what God wants to take all of us in Jesus' name. Amen. And then the last point I want to make on the generosity of the heart is the issue of willingness. Will we give to God out of a willing heart or out of duty And fear. Exodus 25. Let's go to Exodus 25. Exodus 25. Let me just take this off. Exodus chapter 25, beginning from verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. But look at the condition. From everyone who gives it willingly, with his heart, you shall take my offering. That is important. God does not want to receive out of compulsion or out of necessity or by force. He wants to receive... From a willing heart, a heart that is tender before God, a heart that says, God, you know what? You are all deserving. Now, it's interesting to me that God is asking this band of slaves in Exodus 25 to give. But not only did he ask them to give, he begins to list what he wants from verse 3 on. Let's just read a couple of more verses. Verse 3. And this is the offering which you shall take from them gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, and goat's hair. And on and on and on and on. Now, I'm bringing this to your attention because I want you to understand one key point here. Where were these guys supposed to have gotten this stuff? These were slaves. Now the issue here is back in Exodus chapter 3 Exodus chapter 12 in fact before that Genesis 15 God told Abraham that your people, your descendants are going to be in bondage for 400 years. He said thereafter I will bring them out with great substance. So from Genesis 15 God was already talking about great substance for the Israelites. In Exodus as they were about to leave the Egypt and, the, uh, and, and Pharaoh, God commanded them, go to your neighbors. And from them, collect the gold and the silver. You guys understand this story? Yes. Are you familiar? Do you, I need to go to the chapter and verse? And indeed, the day came and says, nice, why when, when you do it? First it tells them, you, I'm going to ask you to do so. Then a few chapters later, it says, now go and ask. And the Bible said they went and asked and spoiled the Egyptians. Unbelievable. I'm taking my time on this one because I want you to understand the gravity of what God did. So they went, asked, and got the, the spoils. But they were going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. What would they need gold for in the wilderness? What did they need silver for in the wilderness? What did they need? The blue, the purple, what did they, because everything they needed, God supplied and provided in the wilderness. God raised them up and put in their hands substance that he will need for the future. So in Exodus 25, it was merely recalling what he had given them for that occasion. The danger for you and I is to think that because we're in a good place now, God has blessed us, helped us. We've, we've traveled across the seas for some of us. Others of us, we just came by a train. Others of us, we just caught a little boat. Others of us, we, we, we drove. But we are here. But I don't want the purpose of God for our lives to be lost to us because of the comfort and the convenience of the things that we are, we, 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 the trappings that we have all around us. Our jobs, our businesses, whatever it is we have, were are a gift from God. The Bible says no one can have anything except it be given him from above. Yes. So the truth of the matter is, you and I are not a source, we are only a steward. God is a source. So for this man and woman in the wilderness, they had the silver, the gold. They exploited the Egyptians, and God says, "Now, I want to build a house. I'm not going to make it compulsory to give, but I want to ask you: How many of you will be willing to give what you could not have earned? That gold that I broke the back of Pharaoh to get." The silver that I destroyed Egypt to collect. How many of you recognize that I was the source doing the work and now I allow you to come and participate with me in the building of this plan? God asked for the offering on his own. And the amazing thing is, Exodus 36, let's go read it. Exodus thirty six. Exodus thirty six was four. Hallelujah. Exodus thirty six was four. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And as spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough. For the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, indeed, too much. Old Testament. Men and women without the Holy Spirit. But they had a fear of God. They were so moved by God, by what God had done for them, that they gave so much, it was too much. When will the New Testament 21st century get, church get to this place? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The only reason they can do it is because they never lost sight of the appreciation of what God has done for them. Yes. I think for you and I, the danger is we get so familiar with God and we take his blessing so for granted, we are so far removed from the reality that if He had not been God, if it had not been God, let me just talk about myself. I can tell you this morning without a shadow of that, that if I, it had not been God, I'd be proud to be in somebody's prison. It's true. Or in the grave. Because all of my friends that I ran with prior to being born again, they are either dead or in prison. My wife is here, she can tell. I can start naming them one by one. One by one. Dead. And I'm not talking about just, they just died last week. No, they died 10, 15, 20 years ago. All of them. So I know exactly the career path that the devil had for me. Mm. <laughs> but God! Yeah. But God! I, you see, I don't know your story. And that's why for me, when it comes to God, and being generous for God, I have no problem. Because I know exactly where the devil had me going. Amen. But God. I mean, when, when I think of those names, I, I, just, I just say, God, I mean, wow. I remember the parties, what we were, where we did, where we were. Amen. All of them, dead. And the one that did not die, spending time in Islam. So when you understand what God has done for you, and I think it's good, every now and then, don't just reflect. Life BC and life after. And you have to say, you know what? The life after is much better. Amen. Amen. It's much, 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 much better. Amen. It's much better. Okay, so, number one, we talk about generosity of the heart, and then secondly, now let me flow into generosity that is extravagant. John chapter 12. Generosity is extravagant and the word extravagant describes that which exceeds bounds of reason that which goes beyond what is deserved it exceeds the bounds of reason and it goes beyond what is deserved John chapter 12 let me start reading from uh, verse 2 there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? and give him to the poor. You see, I just told you earlier that generosity will expose greed and selfishness. That just happened. Mary anointed Jesus with a very expensive, very costly oil. And Judas all he could say was, whoa! Why should master Jesus be wearing a designer? He should just go and buy some cheap stuff somewhere. Why? We could have sold this wonderful stuff and used it to take care of the poor. And the Bible made sure we know that he was not even thinking about the poor. This guy was a thief. Selfish. He was thinking of selling the stuff, putting money in the post so he has more to steal. More to steal. But it's important for us to see here that this Mary as a result of the gratitude from what had happened to her brother, did not just give Jesus anything, but something very costly. That in that day's money, the Bible said, Judas at least thought it could have, be worth 300 denarii, which in today's wages, or in that time's wages, was a year's wages. Think about that. Think about that. One year's wage. One gift. Now, the thing about a gift like this was we are told in the scripture, in verse 3, the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Generosity fills the room, the place, the circumstance, the situation with sweet fragrance. In other words, where generosity is at work, it is noticeable. Let me give you an example. One you can you will see readily. Sunday, Pastor B was preaching, right? And he charged us that his neck was breaking from turning back and forth to look at the screen. You all remember that? Yes. Come on, guys. Yes. Was there a party last night, Bisabisala? No. <laughs> he charged us. And then, of course, after it was done, I came up and said, next Sunday, this thing will be fixed. Mm -hmm. You know what happened? I got home. I had a text from Emmanuel Asebua, whom we all know as part of this church, who is now working in Chicago. Emmanuel. I remember him as a little Emmanuel. I remember him at Emmanuel in middle school, Emmanuel in high school, Emmanuel in college, Emmanuel graduated Emmanuel worked for a few months in Atlanta. Emmanuel moved out to Chicago. But he was connected by listening through the live live streaming. He said, Pastor, I heard the charge. I heard what you said. I want to participate. I said, Okay, Emmanuel, do do you understand what you're saying? He said, Yes. I said, Do you know how much money we're talking about? He said, Well, I don't. That's why. Let me tell you how much money we're talking about. So I told him, I said, it's going to be about, it's going to run about close to $9,000. So Emmanuel said, okay, I'll do two. I said, good, no problem. Watch this. Oh, it's not finished. Oh, it's not finished. I think you should tighten your belt because you're, it's not finished. It's not finished. Now, when I, when, when he said two, at that time, the figures they gave him was about 7,500. Okay. Because I'm saying, okay, if he gives two, I balance it up. Before we could settle, they revised the figure. They did not put the charge of the guy that was going to do installation. So the figure was revised. So I sent a text back to Emmanuel. Since I was not the one that moved him, it was God that moved him. You guys are laughing. I said, Emmanuel, this is what I'm finding out. The figure has gone up a little bit. Can I push you a little to do 2,500? He said no big deal he said, fine done Wednesday my wife went to the mailbox oh and I said to him I said send the check to me not in my name but send it to my address I don't want any voodoo mathematics <laughs> to affect this project because I want to make sure this thing is done and on time so I said make it to work fine but send it to my house let me hand let me walk the check myself to the office and let coach make sure. He does not put it in the wrong. <laughs> My wife went to the mail bus and bought the mail to me. We knew it was because this is from Emmanuel Sebo. We had agreed on 2,500. But this son of consolation made it 3,500. And now the fragrance has filled the room because you can see right now that the thing is done. To the glory of God, my wife and I did the balance. But that's just the beginning. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you because I know God. No one who has partnered with God will in any way lose their reward. It is absolutely, and, and, and that is just the beginning. We're going to do more than that. Because that's exactly what David did in the scriptures. If you worked for David and God empowered him to do so, then God is obligated to do the same for me. It's no respect of person, it's only a respect of faith. So the fragrance Of generosity is felt when generosity is in action. David is another example who was extravagantly generous. Let's go to first Chronicles chapter 29. (laughs) Now I did not prepare Emmanuel that I'll mention his name in the service. It shocked me because, I mean, this live, I mean, this virtual audience, you don't even know you're talking to people that are not here. For me to just get a phone call or a text to say, you know, I heard it, I'm, I'm on it. Whoa. Wow. As if to the rest of you in the virtual audience out there. <laughs> May the Lord of Emmanuel speak to you as well. <laughs> oh, my God. And know those of you that are sitting here live and direct. <laughs> I pray that what God is doing through people like you, will continue in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Chronicles 29. <laughs> oh boy. First Chronicles 29. It's important we read this because of what I'm going to say to you later on. In verse 2, David says, Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might Come on, do you do you sense the passion here? I have prepared with all my might. This is not just grudgingly. Right now they check. Ah, let me just write this check. So this pastor stop talking about money. Great pastor. I'm tired of them in this church. Y'all. All they talk talk need need need. Just Greg, just just send the check and I'll give it to them. Let them shut up. <laughs> Look at what David says. I have prepared with all my might, passion, passionate, generous, extravagant giving. Gold for the things of gold. Silver for the things of silver. Bronze for the things of bronze. Iron for the things of iron. Wood for the things of wood. And on and on. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. you talk talking about passion? Look at verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God. Are you seeing the personal pronoun? Yes. We are not just given to God. We are given to our God. But I'm not just giving. I'm giving because of my affection for the house of God, for the kingdom of God, for the things of God. I pray that God will ignite a renewed affection in our hearts for the things God in the name of Jesus. Because when that happens, Not only are you going to become a generous giver, but you're going to be a generous receiver. Absolutely. Are you ready to to share your testimony? Amen. Amen. I didn't forget you, my friend. So in David's time, let me just cut it short. When you add up all what he gave for that temple into this currency, $6 billion plus. Six billion dollars worth. One man. Unbelievable. So when the Bible talks about how David is a man after his own heart, do you know what he's talking about. He doesn't talk the talk, he walked the walk. Time will not permit me to go through all of them. Let me just jump to the widows. Because I don't want you to think that generous giving is only when you give over and above in cash. That is definitely an aspect of it. But when you don't have and you give all that you have, God counts it as being what? Generous. Let's look at the widow's might in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, in verse 47. The Bible says Wrong scripture. Wow. I wrote it down wrong. Hold on one second. Pardon me? Matthew chapter twelve. I'm I'm looking for the scripture where the widow put all that she had in the treasury and Jesus gave her credit that because she was a widow that she had in fact given more than all the Pharisees that was there. I got this thing mixed up here. Mark what? Oh, it's Mark 12 verse 42. Ah, thank you stakeholder. Spectators, we are praying for you. (laughs) Mark 12. Yeah. Verse 41. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury and many who were rich put in much. That's a contrast. Verse 42. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites which make a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, As surely I say to you that this poor widow has put more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Unbelievable. So it's not just the amount that was given, but the heart that moved upon her to be able to give all that she had. And Jesus allowed that to be recorded in the scriptures for me and you to see. And then, of course, we see the widow in 1 Kings chapter 7 who gave her last meal, potentially. Amen? So those people yeah. gave extravagantly. Now, let me just go to the third and last point here. Well, no, second and last point. Generative is of the heart. Generosity uh, can, uh, can be extravagant. And then three, generosity is rewarded. It is rewarded. In Mark chapter 14, in Mark chapter 14, in verse 6, Jesus was responding to Judas's comment when Mary was uh, pouring the oil on him. Actually, in verse 5, for it may have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. Look at what Jesus said. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. Amen? So, Jesus came to her, uh, came on her side and, and affirmed what she has done. In other words, Jesus rewarded Mary. But Mary did not do what she did in order to be rewarded. You're missing the point here. I don't, I'm not sure you got the point. Many of us give to get. That's under the law. That's works. Giving to get. If you get, then you can boast that your giving brought it. It's not God any longer. But I'm giving yet not because I want to get but I'm giving out of a heart of gratitude, a heart that trusts God, a heart that knows, you know what, God, my Father is a giver, and therefore I am a giver. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not giving to get a reward, however, because God being a good God, and a great God, and a generous God, and a Jehovah Jireh, and all-sufficient El Shaddai God, because I give God, because he just can't help himself, he blesses me anyway. So, my motivation is not because I want to get. My motivation is I'm being me. Did you get that? That is huge. That is huge. I want to be me. I want to be what God has made me, created me to be. So, she did not give to be rewarded, but she was rewarded anyway. Secondly, Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32. Verse 8. It says, But a generous man devises generous things. And by generosity, he shall stand. In other words, if you have generosity in you, which you all have assured, you should be constantly devising who can I bless today, tomorrow, next week? I'm not joking. These thoughts dwell me all day long. All day long. Who can I do this for? How can I do X for that person? That That should be who you are. You should be like that. Life is not just about you. I'm sorry, you are a great looking person, but it's not about you. It's not about you. And whenever God enables me to be a blessing to someone... I'm, I'm intoxicated with joy. With joy. Just, just, just to be able to share and to be able to enjoy God's goodness together. I mean, you don't want to be blessed by God and you're one isolated island by yourself in the South Pacific. Nobody else can see you. Nobody knows. You're just there by yourself. You're enjoying enjoy the beach. Uh, the beach is all mine. You are a fool. Because God lives and functions in community. Yes. That's why there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't want to experience anything that I can't take somebody on the journey with me. No, it's not fun. The fun part is, oh great, did you see remember what we did? How we did it? Man, don't you enjoy that? Can we do it again? Yes. That's the fun. Do it again. <laughs> Amen. So, generosity, a generous mind devises generous things. I'm hoping that right now as I'm speaking to you, you're already devising generous things. Generosity is rewarded, yes. Israel, when they gave in Exodus 25, when they gave willingly to God in Exodus 25, what reward what, what did they get? What they rewarded? even if you don't know the answer, you can always tell that they, because God is who God is. Yes, sir. You can almost guess and say, yes, they were rewarded. Yes. Even though you don't know exactly how it happened. But fortunately, the scripture tells us they gave gold, they gave silver, they gave bronze, they gave purple, they gave all those things. What did they get? Joshua chapter 14. I won't read it. They got cities. Cities. Houses they did not build. Oh my God. Houses they did not build. They were already built. Title deeds already there. God dispossessed all the inhabitants of the land and said, Now, God, this is yours. Now, Zebulun, this is yours. Uh, Ephraim, this is yours. Can anybody here beat God in giving? They gave gold, they got townships, cities. That they still have till this day. Go to Israel. God is real, folks. And it's what is true. And it's what is everlasting. And he hates himself his word to perform it. Yes. Another example. This one will rock your religious brain. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. I'm almost done. Acts chapter 10. Generosity is rewarded. Remember, we don't give just so we can be rewarded. We give because that's our nature. And God, because it's his nature, delights to prosper and to bless us. Acts chapter 10 in verse 2, talking about Cornelius here, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. And we broke that down on Wednesday night. Who, gives, who give alms generously. How did they give against? Please say it with me. the people. I'm praying to God always. So here we are introduced to Cornelius. And the key point in his profile was his generosity. Let's jump to verse 30 because I don't have time to read all of it. Acts 10 verse 30. So as a result of this, God got hold of Peter, asked Peter to come to Preached to Cornelius in verse 30. So Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. And your arms, or if you will, your generosity remembered in the sight of God. Woo! Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here. Whose surname is Peter, is lodging in the house of Simon, a tyner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Shall I read on? Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness, is accepted by him. And let me just jump. Verse 44. Verse 44. Acts 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Could Cornelius have ever guessed in his wildest imagination that his generous giving one day will lead to all those in his household being born again? By special agent of God. Deceit you so you must understand. He's going to speak for you in the future. Amen. It may be on your children, your husband, your wife, your sister, your brother. I am telling you, these things are not lost to God. Cornelius could not have imagined. That this will have happened with him or to him. Let me give you one last example here before I move into some other things. Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus 18. Ah <sighs> Actually, Exodus 17. Exodus 17, verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Exodus 17, verse 8. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Pay attention. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ah went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now you say to me, what, 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 what importance is this symbolism? How can you correlate the hand going up and down with victory? I don't know. But God does. God does. Okay. God does. And that's why it's important for us to follow the simple instructions God gave us. Now, verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy so they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So, Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, what's the point I want to make to you here? This is huge. Aaron and all helped the man of God, kept his hands lifted up, supported his hands, and Joshua obeyed Moses and went to the battle. You say, Pastor, what's the big deal? This was Exodus 17. At this point, only Aaron had been called by God. But as a result of his investment and his stakeholder in the kingdom of God, by the time we get to Exodus 28, God has now called him and his sons. The seed you are called to make today is the insurance of your children and generations to come coming into a position of favor with God. Things you do, you say, well, what, what, what Minute this? What, what good can come out of this? Really? How about all? Because it was not just Aaron. It was Aaron and all. What did God do for him? As a result of him being a stakeholder, a vested person in the kingdom and in the set ministry. Go with me. Exodus 31. Exodus 31 this is important. You need to know your sacrifice, your labor, your giving, your sowing, your participating not only brings blessings to you but potentially sets up generations after you for incredible favor of God. Exodus 31 verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, see I have called by name Bezalel the son of Uri the son of all, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cotton jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. The grandfather sowed the seed, and a blessing came upon the grandson who became the chief architect of the tabernacle of Moses. The place of God's manifestation of his presence back in Israel. And notice the calling. It's not one of these parking lot prophets. No. God said, see, I have called him by name. Bezaleel, the son of Uri." the son of all. God gave us details so we'll know. Go and check it. How did this boy qualify for this? What did he do? Nothing. But the seed of his grandfather was this he speaking in heaven. And God says, I've got to pay this man back. I've got to do something for him. Because he, in a time when I needed him, he rose. Will you be a stakeholder today? Would you do and position yourself in a way and a place? where not only God blesses you in your time, but the blessings of God continues to ring and reign over your children and children's children for generations to come. Now, let me spend the last part of this message now on talking about the goal and the challenge. The goal and the challenge. Last week, Pastor Pastor B. talked to us about it. He mentioned it. What we are simply trying to do is to bring repairs to this wonderful building that God bless us with. Those of you that were not here in 2009, you you may have forgotten how we got here. We had nothing. All all our money was on the field, investment, in missions field. Heavy investment in missions field. We were not looking for a building. I wasn't. That's the truth. Where's Pastor Abike? Okay, good. here. I was looking for a building. God just spoke one one April morning. The bank start looking for a building now. I called Pastor IBK. I said, this is what God is saying. Because prior to that time, I was totally, completely set in Toka, Toka, Georgia. Anything I said about I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) IBK began his work search. Within a week, I think, he brought information about this building. We came and talked to them and the numbers were way above our pay grade. Far above. Not principalities, but above our pay grade. (laughs) But because God spoke, in spite of the fact that the numbers were not there, because God spoke, I called it then leadership. I said, I am not the one looking for one. I am not looking for one. That's the truth. I'm not looking for a building, but this is what God is saying. And I remember very clearly. Because in three months, it will happen. I beg you, do you remember? Some show me where you. Do you remember? And I said to them, let's go make it happen. Because if God is with us, it's more than them that are against us. First, we saw a very easy way out and said, Well, let's just list it with option. The guy said, Absolutely not. We won't even think about that. They told us that. I'll never forget this. I was in South Africa doing ministry, uh, Cape Town, and I think I got a phone call from IBK. They had relented on their position, where we worked out a, a situation whereby we, we, they allow us to move into the building in August, but we close and pay for it in December. Is that correct? I said, if, if they are saying that, go for it. And that's how we got here. If we took all of us together at that time and put all of our assets together, I don't think we could have bought a, 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 we have bought a TV when we started. But God stirred up the hearts of people and the gifts started coming in from the inside Amen. and the outside. Amen. I will never forget this. I will never forget this. I'm sitting in the parking lot at Wall Changers. And I got a phone call from Melvin Womack. Say, said, Pastor, are you still trying to get that building? I said, Yes. He said, How much money do you like at this point? Because by then we are, we are tallying all the all these numbers together. I had the numbers in my head because. And I said, We still have about $12,000 off. He said, I'm sending a check today. Just like that. Just like that, and before we wrote, we danced to the closing place, and we danced out, amen. <laughs> and we'll be here ever since. Amen. 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 Those things have been high and low and all of that, I don't know how God does it, but I'm all I'm only here to tell you that God is absolutely completely over and above faithful. Amen. So the issue is are we going to honor God by making sure that what God gave us we maintain and keep properly? They give me a list. A very long list. Very long list. Broken down into facilities, media department, children's ministry, ministry, Worship and arts, administration, and security. And as of today, the number is 287,399.64. That is bread for God. Amen. I don't have any faith speakers here. <laughs> How are we going to make this happen? I mean, I can go ahead and just tell some of the issues, I mean, but I don't want to belabor that. I don't want to belabor the items. It's all here, and you guys can have access to it. Let me tell you what needs to happen. A few years back, I don't know how long it goes now, maybe five or six years, many of us in this room are familiar with the issue of Ni, Tete, and Christiana. Tete. Basani. Our own dear beloved son and daughter. When Pastor Nee, uh, when Christy uh, had that lapse and the state basically took over the child, Jochebed, We were in this building, as we all travailed and prayed and believed God, and the legal fees that Nee was facing, staggering number. Close to $100,000. Oh, yes. When you get in the hands of the law, it can, it can be like that. And we are looking at a good lawyer or Christy basically being in the slammer for God knows how long. I remember one day at home, my phone rang. And he was running back and forth trying to get money to take care of this problem. And he called my house. He said, Pastor, The lawyer says, today, I've got to give $10,000. Otherwise, they may not be able to go to court with Christy at next hearing. And we knew what that consequence meant. I'm hearing the voice of my son over the phone. In pain. And has a need. Hmm. Now, the issue was now, am I delighted to meet the need? or can I meet the need? The issue was, if I don't move, the case may get away from us. So I said to her, I said, can it done?" And I put the money out there before I ever talked to my wife about it. Because the urgency of the matter demanded urgent response. Now, of course, I told her immediately after when I saw her, but at this point, he was talking to me, I couldn't say, wait, let me pray about it. Let me talk to you next week. The woman will be in jail. It's over. There's a window. And if we don't move in that window, we miss the move of God. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you that to tell you how urgent this is. As that was urgent, so is this. So this is what I want us to do. Pastor Bakari has given us a wonderful foundational teaching. I don't need to teach you any longer. You know the word. And if you missed any of the meetings, it's free on the app. Get it. But for me, as a father in the house, the father outside of the house spoken to us, Pastor Bakari. The father in the house now, I want to guide you now on how together God can use us to meet this need. As a stakeholder, as a son of consolation, as a pillar in the house, I want you to ask three questions. Seriously. Number one, ask God, what should your part be? I don't want you to do this just out of the flesh. Oh, please don't do this. Don't just, don't just carelessly just come up with a figure. Don't, don't do that. I implore you. I plead with you. I beg you. I appeal to you. Let God be the one that directs your next steps. Ask God, Father, you've placed me in this body. What should my path be going forward in what we need to do? That's number one. Number two, for those of us who have given already, ask God if you have done all that God desires Oh, I love it. It's so quiet. You can slice the silence. <laughs> Ask God. If you say, Well, Pastor, I gave last week. Yeah, I know you did. I did too. I did last week. But I know, I know that God has spoken since then. Ask God, Have you done all that He desires? It's not just me now. It's not Pastor Bank. It's God. God, your Father, the one you say you honor, the one you fear, the one you love. Ask Him if you've done all that He desires. And then, Mr. Revelation, please come. And then thirdly, I'm gonna have at the altar. These are these are the lists of everything we're trying to do. It's on here. Okay? So I'm gonna leave them here. Maybe you want to just take the list and say, you know what, I want my family, I want to do this, I want to do that. That may be the way you want to go. That's fine. However, make sure that you call. Where's Daya? Right there in the booth. Call him and talk to him. Because they may have specifications. They may have certain uh, things they are looking for. Don't call me, please, because I'm I'm just an errand boy. (laughs) These are the Zacchaeus. Okay? So call him and find out from him exactly how to go. Don't, please don't just come here once on and roll some cow here and say this is my contribution. <laughs> don't do that. And that's why we're giving the list and I'm saying to you call Brother Dyer. And he will guide you on what you need to do. So I've said three things so far. There's a fourth one. Three things so far, Let me just recap. Ask God what your path should be. For those who have already given, ask God if you've done all that God desires. And then I said, you may pick up the list and target a particular item or items. Lastly, this is huge. This is heavy duty. And I want your undivided attention for this one. Go with me to Matthew chapter 2. <laughs> Folks, I have never done this before. <laughs> what, <laughs> what I've done, I have never been this way before. Ah, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. This is talking about the wise men when they came to see Jesus at his birth. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. One more scripture and then I'll break it down. First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles 29. I have never done this before. But this is what God placed in my heart. I'm only a message boy. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 3. Moreover, Because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. My own special treasure of gold and silver. So this giving that we just read in Matthew chapter 2 and now with David is not just a regular giving. We are talking about treasure. So what is my point to you now? I want you to prayerfully consider giving from your treasures. Number one, I said to you, ask God what your part should be. Number two, I said for you to those of you that have given already to ask God if you've done all that he desires. Number three, I said you may pick up this list and target an item or items. And lastly, I'm asking you, To prayerfully consider giving from your treasures. So you say to me, what are my treasures? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Now I'm talking about annuities. Now I'm talking about stocks. Now I'm talking about 401k. These are treasures we've packed away for a future date. A future that if God does not help you, may never come. The future is now. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've never been here before. But I believe by the Spirit of God, this is what God is saying to me. If we are going to do what God wants us to do, it's not going to be from the leftovers of our checkbook. It's not going to happen like that. But I can assure you that as many of us who are able and honor and obey God, God is going to answer for you. Amen. Because I didn't, I didn't come up with this. How long have I been in this church? Since 1994. I'm sorry. I have never said anything like this before. Ever. Yes. Even when we are going to buy the building, we don't go here. Hmm. Now, but this is what needs to happen. Husbands or wives, don't do this apart from the con- consent of your spouse. Let me say that one more time. Don't go into your annuities, your stocks of 401k without the express knowledge and consent of your spouse. We are not trying to build the house of God and destroy your house. No. No. God is not in that. That's why I'm asking you to pray. All these four points. I don't want you to give out of emotion. I don't want you to give it because, oh, no, 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 no. Ask God, what is my part? And say, last week I gave. God, have I given all you desire for me to do? And then you have the list in your hand and say, okay, maybe we can do this, we can do that. But more importantly, giving out of our treasures giving out of our treasures I have to do that what is giving out because my goal is that in the next two Sundays what you have here is what you can have up here that's the goal in fact for that goal I'm looking for people to, to do that today because I, because these things okay we're gonna need two of them for here one to the left and one to the right And with that, we will see everything. We will never, ever have to dim the light to watch a video. Never. Never. That's the future. And I'm talking about future in two weeks. at the latest. We can get two of those. IBK has negotiated a deal where you can give them to us at great price. Two of those right now. With just $9,000. I'm saying it out loud to you. Because I don't know who God is stirring his spirits up. To want to say I take on that. By the way. $9,000 will be ready. Next Sunday they will be up. and You you can see them. Amen. Amen. So this is the plan. I've laid it out to you. I've talked to you about it. Now this is what I'm looking for. Let's believe God by, by June 5. A month away from now. That we're going to bring back to the house of God that gives to bless the house of God this are what this in closing this i do you can come up now this is what I want us to do the sheets are here the lists are here pick one up and then I have envelopes here this is what I want to do because we have to make plans if we just pick up an envelope today and next week, the week after, or whenever, you can return it by just giving, putting a date that you're going to bring your gift in and the amount you're trusting God to bring in. And just bring it back to the house of God. We don't need your names. God knows who you are. Amen. Amen? Amen? We don't need your names. I just need to know the amount and the date. And from now on, every Sunday at 10 a.m., we are praying over these envelopes. So the God that's birthed the desire in you will put the seed in your hand Amen. so you can honor him. Every Sunday from next Sunday morning, we're going to start praying over these envelopes. Is the message clear? Yes. Do you understand it? Yes. Are you a stakeholder? Yes. Are you a pillar? Yes. Are you a son of consolation? <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much. What do.